welcome to the Sisters for Prevention Breast Cancer Resource Podcast and YouTube channels. I am your host, Judy Fitzgerald, and it is my great pleasure to bring you the latest information and strategies for breast cancer survival and prevention. I am a 12-year breast cancer survivor living with NED, no evidence of disease. My passion is supporting the primary prevention of breast and ovarian cancers. It is my great honor to serve as a consumer advocate for the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines developed by Dr. Vincent Tui at the Lerner Research Institute at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. 2021 was an exciting year for breast cancer. It was the year we launched the phase one clinical trial for the first preventive breast cancer vaccine. This vaccine is presently being tested on recently diagnosed triple negative breast cancer patients who have completed treatment. Our goal is to prevent recurrence in these patients. Sadly, triple negative breast cancer is the most lethal form of the disease and has the highest probability for recurrence within the first five years. So what's next? We will need support to complete all phases of the clinical trials to obtain FDA approval. Once the vaccine is proven safe and effective, the Cleveland Clinic has partnered with the Nixa Bioscience and their CEO, Dr. Amit Kumar, to commercialize the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines and make them available for use. For all things breast cancer and to remain updated on the vaccine's progress, please visit my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's www, the number four, sistersforprevention.com. And now it is my great pleasure to bring you today's program. Thank you for joining us. again guys so welcome back I as many of you know or may not know I live in Florida and it's about 90 degrees and I think about a hundred percent humidity so but I wanted to share some cheer with you on this Friday morning so I thought my outside patio looked a bit more cheerier than inside in my office I thought I'd give it a try so if I don't melt before uh, I finish my post we'll, we'll be good so the world's a bit in a the world is crazy right now you know we've got this delta variant all over the place and all this vaccine controversy so i really feel for anyone that's going through treatment right now because with all this craziness you've also got to make some pretty big decisions about what to do with your treatment plan so uh in this post i'm going to talk a little bit about um what I what my plan was uh, with respect to the biopsies that I received and uh, what those were like and why those were chosen you know as my friend said this morning when I got this really cute John Mayer song we'll do the best we can while we're waiting for the world to change so hugs go out to you and I'll get started so in my last uh, posting, I talked about how 
I got a second opinion, which again, I cannot recommend highly enough. And in doing so, they discovered that I had a bilateral problem. There was actually a lump in my left breast that did not show up on the mammogram, but indeed showed up on a sonogram after it was ordered by my nurse practitioner, who through a breast exam found my my lump. So it was decided then that I would return in two days and I was going to get a stereotactic coronatal biopsy on the site with the microcalcifications because they would need to use a mammogram uh, with a computer to figure out where the microcalcifications were for sampling and I would have a core needle biopsy on the left side where they would uh, do it by you know looking at the location where the tumor was. So two days later I returned to Dana-Farber and they started with the uh, stereotactic core needle biopsy. So what happens with that is that you lay on a table and the table looks like um, just basically a massage table with two holes in it and you lay on your stomach and they put the breast through the hole that is going to be examined and they do give you a local anesthetic I will admit I did take an Ativan that morning to sort of calm my nerves a little bit and then while you are your breast is in the mammogram machine they take about six samples uh, from the microcalcification area and um, it's kind of like, like a, a click click stapling kind of a, a sound and it once I had the anesthetic it really wasn't it wasn't painful at all it, it's uncomfortable because you're you know you're lying on your stomach and your breast is kind of getting squished in the mammogram machine but it really wasn't horrible at all of course your nerves are sort of on high alert so that adds to the uh, to the experience so that uh, that took about from the setup to the finish that took about 20 minutes so then they took me to a different room where they laid me on like a recliner kind of a chair and they use the sonogram results to sort of I told you in my previous podcast I believe that by my uh, my my YouTube posting that the tumor on the left side was located at seven o'clock so by going to that area they were able to feel and locate the tumor and mark the area where they were going to go in and take the core needle biopsy and basically it's sort of the same kind of procedure as the stereotactic except it's administered by the the healthcare provider. So they took I think about six samples of that as well and then they you don't need stitches or anything they just um, you know put a bandage over it they tell you um, to ice it both sides you can ice it um, that night and it was sore it was really sore for about 24 hours but um, it really wasn't 
wasn't horrible. You know, the hardest part was waiting for the results. Now, after I had both biopsies, I met with my nurse practitioner again, Karen Pollard Murphy, and she said it would probably take two weeks, maybe 10 days to two weeks, to get the biopsy results, that she would call me as soon as they knew anything. So back again uh, to the waiting game. By the way, I've been watching some of my posts, and I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I've had some issues with my teeth shifting due to some biophosphates that I took as part of my treatment and I now have braces. I didn't have braces as a teenager but I have braces now so who thought I'd have braces at 65 years old? So the days went by pretty slowly. I tried to stay positive. My family supported me and visited and uh, I prayed a lot and when the phone rang four days post biopsy and I looked at the caller ID and saw Dana-Farber Cancer Institute, I knew this probably wasn't going to be the greatest news in the world. Because in my mind I'm thinking, well, if they, they didn't need to take the full 10 to 14 days to evaluate um, my samples, then probably the results were pretty clear. And true to my gut feeling, it was Karen on the phone, and she said, well, uh, we've got some news. I wish that I had different news for you, but you do have breast cancer. And of course, I'll never forget that phone call or that moment in my life. But she said, you have good breast cancer. And I'm like, what? There is no such thing as good breast cancer. Well, she said that obviously we would need to uh, reevaluate after whatever my treatment path was going to be, what surgery I would choose, but that the cells seemed to be well differentiated, which I'll talk about again later, and slow growing, which meant we had some time to make our decisions. but. I did have bilateral breast cancer. So both samples came back positive. So the next decision was to be what to do next. Was I going to have two lumpectomies? Because statistics show that there, you have just as good a chance of survival with early stage breast cancer, which is what we thought it was at this point, we had no reason to think that lymph nodes were involved, but we would not know that exactly until the, the actual surgery. Or because I had bilateral breast cancer, should we just start considering um, mastectomy? So back to discussing with my husband and back to doing some research, I decided on a bilateral mastectomy. Now Karen was a little, doctors are very reluctant to take a breast that they think they can save because of the fact that there's no survival difference um, with uh, lumpectomy. So what we did was 
Karen would like to do. I don't know why my screen went a little dark. I hope it's going to be okay in the recording. She wanted to order an MRI on the right breast, but I didn't really think that was going to change my decision. But I went ahead and I went ahead and agreed to that. So at this point, my double mastectomy decision is sort of on hold, but I am greatly leaning toward that toward that pathway because at this point I needed to think about could they get a clean margin with it seemed like the amount of mycocalcifications I had that had shown up in the mammogram could they achieve symmetry with a lump on one side and getting a clean margin on the other side so I didn't think I was going to change my mind but I went ahead with whatever Karen recommended. Now hindsight is 2020. So now I'm 11 years later. Had I been given now that things now that I have been involved in the breast cancer community for so long now going on 11 years and knowing how far they've come with diagnosing breast cancer strictly by using sonograms or sonography probably would not have even gone ahead with the biopsies because we were pretty sure that I had breast cancer in the left breast based on the sonogram. We didn't really know what was going on in the right breast but I was already leaning towards a double mastectomy so there is a little bit of chatter on the internet about or controversy I should say about the whole biopsy procedure and the fact that perhaps some cells can escape during these procedures because you're actually sticking a needle into the cancer area so you know could that affect things that's still sort of to be determined but I'm just giving you my hindsight is 2020 version of this and it's something to ask your doctor about because in my case it was pretty clear that a double mastectomy was going to be in the cards and I really could have just gone ahead and had the surgery. If you're watching me on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button so I can get my word out to more people. If you're listening to this on my podcast, please also subscribe to my podcast site. And don't forget to visit my website, www.sisters4prevention.com. There you can find the latest information on what's going on with the breast cancer vaccine as well as any new research that I've discovered and would like to share. And if you do visit my website, I am actually in the running for a program with WeGo Health. And I have a box at the top of my website. It's a blue box that says WeGo Health. And if I do get chosen for this program, it'll open up many more advocate opportunities for me to help women 
facing this disease we call breast cancer. So thank you for listening, and until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and may God bless. Happy Friday. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Feedspot.com. Your feedback is important in helping us select topics for future podcasts. To stay updated on the latest news about the vaccine clinical trial, please subscribe to my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's sisters, the number four, prevention.com. Also, please note that the topics discussed on this site are not meant to be used in lieu of medical advice. I am not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be. I am merely sharing what I have learned from personal experience, discussions with fellow survivors, and many hours of research. So for now, I'll leave you with my mantra, cancer is a word, not a sentence. So may God bless you and keep you till next time. Thank you.